your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Everyone, welcome to this Tuesday afternoon episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Um, again, I apologize to you all for basically being on a break, I think, for the last almost, what, five, six days now. You know, some stuff came up and, you know, just was not able to do a third episode last week. But we are back today. We do have some Penguins news to discuss, including a new front office hire that came within the organization today. Plus, I want to share some thoughts on John Marino going in next season, since I know uh, a couple of people have been talking about that, and I wanted to share my thoughts on that as well. Plus, um, I also wanted to talk about Jeff Carter's expectations going into this next season as well, and why it's probably not likely he's going to score 16 points in his first 20 games uh, next season to say the least. But to get started, so the Penguins, again, they did make a front office hire today, if I can go to it right here. Alex Shaw is the Director of Hockey Operations. According to the Penguins' tweet, his primary responsibilities will be aiding hockey operations with player contract negotiations, managing the salary cap, and assisting with other hockey-related duties. So um, this is kind of what I mean, Sam Ventura did this in a way. I mean, obviously, he's way more data-driven and analytic-driven. Obviously, he's with Buffalo now. Um, But he still was aiding the hockey operations with player contract stuff, managing the cap. Uh, But a lot of this kind of sounds like what Jason Bottrell was doing while he was here, especially with the salary cap. You know, we always knew Bottrell as like the salary cap wizard and figuring it out with Jim Rutherford and Ray Shiro before that. I mean, he was the associate GM under Rutherford before he left, excuse me, to go to Buffalo. Um, But that's what I think this basically sounds like. I mean, the Penguins have been doing a lot of shuffling within the front office this offseason. You've been seeing, I think, Chris Pryor's son uh, got a job with the organization. I think he's a scout. I think Ron Ron Hextall hired his own son um, to be in the front office in a role. It might be a scout. It might be some other player developmental role. Um, It's basically just being, okay, you know, I'm your dad. I'll I'll give you a job for the sake of doing it. But, you know, they they all have also shuffled around some other people within the front office. You know, example, you know, bringing on Chris Pryor from Philadelphia, a couple others. Um, Hextall said in the press release, having spent over 25 years in professional sports, Alec brings a wealth of knowledge and experience with contract negotiations. His unique perspective and background makes him an exciting addition to our hockey operations staff. So in case anyone was not aware, so Alex Shaw has been an NHL player agent, um, for quite a while now. Um, he actually, his, his, his players include, uh, had 22 million um, in cap hits this year. Some of his notable clients, according to Puckpedia, James Van Reeves like, with the Philadelphia Flyers, who makes quite a bit of money. Alec Martinez, who makes, I think, over $5 million per with Vegas. Uh, Luke Glenn Denning, Connor Clifton, Joe Farabee, John Merrill, and um, this other Richard Free agent. I, I, don't, I honestly don't even know who this player is. The last name is uh, Marodi, but I honestly don't even know who his first name is. But I'm sure I can check it here on Puckpedia real quick. Let me just see this. Cooper Marodi of the Edmonton Oilers. Stephen Canfer, UFA of the Bruins. He also has Sam Manas of the St. Louis Blues. Greg Patteron of the Ducks. Martin uh, Feveray of the of the Washington Capitals. Uh, and I think that is basically it. And the highest contract that one of his players has signed to, uh, of course, was Van Reeves. They make $7 million per with the Flyers. And then Martinez is right after, as I just said, with 5250 
million per. Um, I'm fine with this. Again, you know, he has a lot of salary cap experience. You know, obviously he's been an agent for the last two decades. Um, in the press release, Penguins say he spent the previous nine years as director of athlete representation at Legacy Global Sports, which is, of course, that agency. His primary duties included scouting and recruiting clients and serving as a liaison for professional sports teams and the media. Prior to that, he founded R4PA in 2001, which was an agency specializing in the representation of professional hockey players, and then it was and then it was actually bought by Legacy in 2012, which of course he's stayed um, ever since 2012. So, um, and overall, my thoughts on this: this is fine. I mean, they've been kind of needing to fill this role ever since Jason Botcher left. Even when Billy Garen was with Pittsburgh, I really don't think he did a lot with salary cap stuff. And oh yeah, I mean, after Botcher left, I mean, you can kind of see that Rutherford really didn't know what he was doing with the salary cap space. Hexall seems to know a lot more at this point. I mean, he was, you know, he was a little bit clever in moving out McCann's money, bringing in Brock McGann, bringing in Danton Heinen. They still have a little bit of cap money right now. They signed Aston Reese to a $1.8 million deal for one year. Um, sure, they can maybe move out some money, but it's probably not looking likely at this point. But it's never a bad idea to bring a fresh voice into the room who has a lot of experience with dealing with a salary cap. And he seems to be an agent that a lot of people around the hockey world respect. So I think this could only mean good things for the Penguins front office. You know, I'm glad they're not going to hire someone like Pat Brisson. I remember, I think this was back when Ray Shiro got fired, in case you all forgot. I'm pretty sure Brisson was a candidate to the Peng be the Penguins GM that year, excuse me. And I believe he got at least one interview, if not two. I don't know if it was two, but I'm about 90 to 95% sure that he got an interview. Again, I, I don't mind if player agents work in a front office. I think they could provide a lot to a team, but you know, I think it's too far if they become a GM. I mean, you know, Bill Zito is obviously making me eat a little bit of crow with that statement. Remember, he was an agent before being hired by the four Panthers and he has done a good job there, but is that probably going to be the norm going forward with how every agent is going to be hired as a GM and do a good job? Probably not. At least in my opinion. I don't really think I have any other thoughts on this hire. I mean, it's just a simple front office hire. I'm sure there might be one or two more um, throughout the offseason. I mean, I think maybe if there is, it's probably just one. Um, other news and notes around the league. So, um, uh, Sportico reported this morning that um, the NHL, they're going to have ads on their jerseys starting not for the 2021-22 season, but for the 2022-23 season. And yes, in, in case you are wondering if that includes the Penguins, which uh, obviously I don't know why anyone would not think that. Yes, the Penguins will have ads on their jerseys starting in 2022. Uh, if I had to guess, it's probably going to be something like PPG. They had the helmet ads last season for Pittsburgh, and it was PPG on there. I think at the start, they kind of looked a bit weird and then they changed them a bit where it actually didn't look bad. I think at the start, it was just like all black on the helmet and then they made it blue and it was like, okay, that seems to be a little bit better. Um, if we are not doing sheets on the jersey, I don't really know what we're doing here. Um, sheets um, is obviously a very big Western Pennsylvania thing. It is 100% better than Wawa. If you are a Pittsburgh Penguins fan and you think Wawa is better than Sheets, um, you should just go root for the Philadelphia Flyers at this point. But this is a perfect opportunity for the Penguins to you know, partner with Sheets, put those ads on those jerseys. I think, if anything, it's probably going to be PPG, though, 
could see maybe something like McDonald's, but um, I, I think you're more than likely looking at PPG. But again, you know, Sheets just makes a lot of sense. Heck, I, I put on uh, my Twitter account today, just use a uh, Built Bar for all the Built Bar ads that we do on the Locked On accounts here, including this show. So, I mean, I would 100% be down with that, but I mean, it, it's probably just going to be very generic. And according to Greg Wyszynski, uh, he said the league surveyed their teams, found the majority in favor of this, and had a formal board of governors vote to approve it. Um, I also do see this side of it as well. You know, as Nick Zarara says, the NHL would not be desperate for ad money if they could successfully market their sport. 100% agree. I mean, the NHL has always just been um, so behind with actually marketing their sport. Um, there's all those stupid blackouts on TV. They don't promote the stars enough, etc., etc. With how just the marketing uh, team with the NHL is just obviously so freaking bad. And one more thought to end on this for you all. Um, I really don't understand the, all this outrage about the ads things. I mean, I know I did a quote tweet of you know, but why though? I mean, obviously I know why. It's about money. Um, they're trying to make up deficits from what happened with the pandemic. Um, but it's really not that big of a deal. Just if you're really mad about it, go somewhere, eat Arby's, go play video games or something like that. There's just no need to get so jammed about something that is really not a big deal. And it's probably going to be just fine on the jerseys. I think the original report said it's going to be 3 inch times 3.5 inch ad space. So slightly bigger than the NBA um, patch. So, I mean, it's not even, and that's not even that big. I mean, you're still going to see the jersey just fine. I'm sure if you don't want to have an ad on your jersey, if you want to buy a jersey from Penn's Gear or somewhere online, I'm sure you can just order a regular jersey without any advertisement on it. It's not a big deal. If you're really mad about it, go do something else and take your mind off of it. I am always someone that is going to dump on the NHL when they need to be dumped on, but this is not one of those times. The only reason why they are doing this is because they're trying to make up for lost revenue because they lost, I think it was over a billion dollars due to the COVID-19 pandemic. So those are my thoughts on that. Coming up in the next segment, we are going to have a discussion about John Marino and why I think he could get back to his rookie year next season or potentially um, even a bit better. Before we do that, though, it's time to talk about a couple of things, one of them being BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. You can track all the action at BetOnline. You can get all the latest news, odds, and info for your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC action. Before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news sign-up bonuses, and contest information. You can head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts with the promo code Locked On. We also cannot forget about Stat Hero. Did you know that 85% of people who play daily fantasy sports lose? But is it really that surprising? The game is rigged against you people. You're playing against thousands of other lineups, not to mention experts who have more tools and more time. You don't stand a chance. But there is Stat Hero. It's the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts the player in control and winning within reach. Here is how it works. Stat Hero shows you their lineups and they dare you to beat them. It's you versus the house in a head-to-head matchup. You name your stakes. It's winner take all. You have the advantage. Stat Hero is showing you their lineups ahead of time. No one else does that. You can go to stathero.com slash locked on. Sign up for free and right now you can get three times back 
on your first play. They're giving you a 300% match. That is unheard of. Go to stathero.com slash locked on, stathero.com slash locked on. All right, so we're back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So let's have a discussion on John Marino. So obviously, um, his season last year was not that good. I mean, the 5v5 Pittsburgh offense with Marino on the ice was 2.24. Expected goals for per 60. A lot of blue around the net. Um, but the Pittsburgh 5v5 offense without Marino on the ice, 2.35 expected goals for. Um, so it was just, it, it was better. There's a little more red um, on the ice. But if you go back to the previous season, which was his rookie season in 2020, uh, without Marino on the ice, the Penguins' um, expected goals for was 2.46. And if I can find this, um, the Penguins' 5v5 offense with Marino on the ice during his rookie season, that was 2.32. A lot of blue in front of the net, but you I mean you obviously know what you're going to get with him. It's not a lot of offense. You you know you're going to get a lot of defense from him. Um, but I think the biggest reason why he was a wreck this past season was because he played a lot of minutes with Mike Matheson on his pairing, and that's just not good enough. I've talked about this a couple times on the podcast. So if you haven't um, tuned into this, I'll say this again. Um, those two players are just not good for each other because they both like to have the puck on their stick, right? Especially Mike Matheson. You can basically play him at forward at this point um, just because he's so bad in the defensive zone usually. But Matheson is the guy you usually want carrying the puck up the ice because you know what you're going to get from him. He's better at zone entries. You know, I, I think he's a bit better of a playmaker in the offensive zone, has a good shot. But you know, Marino is also someone who likes to have the puck on his stick as well because he's not bad at zone entries. I don't think he's as good as Mathis said. He's a decent playmaker, doesn't have as good of a shot, but he's still offensively minded like Matheson. And when you pair two players like that together, um, it, it's just not going to work. And I think Pittsburgh finally realized that about a little over halfway through the season because they put Marino back with his usual partner in Marcus Pedersen, and they were the shutdown pairing that we all saw from uh, 2019 and 2020. Last season with Marino and Pedersen on ice, with Marino next to Pedersen, excuse me, they played 428 minutes together. This is uh, from Hockey Viz with Micah's stuff. Uh, the, the expected goals against per 60 for the Penguins, 2.06 minus 15% in the parentheses. That is freakishly good. There is a whole bunch of blue in the defensive zone. Again, everyone, the more blue there is, uh, the less shots a team is taking. There's only a little bit of red in front of the net, but I mean, it, compared to how much blue there is, um, it's not even close. Now, if you go back to 2020, it, it, this was even better. Uh, 376 minutes together. Uh, the Penguins 5v5 defense expected goals against per 60, 2.02. No red in the, any of the high danger areas. All of the red is kept to around the blue line. If you look at the two circles, you know, even 15, 20 feet out or just 5 to 10 feet out, there is just nothing going on there for the opposition. And this is what the Penguins need to do for next season to get Marino back to the rookie year level that we saw. Just put him with Pedersen full-time because his numbers can't suffer like they did for a lot of last season playing with Mike Matheson and Marino. He will carry the puck up the ice for you. As I said, he's good at zone entries. He's good at, he's good at, you know, all those traits that I just described. But then with Pedersen, who I think takes a little too much heat 
from the fan base. I don't really agree with some of the stuff that people say about him. Yes, I would not have minded if he was traded, but if you're asking me which player I would choose to keep between Pedersen and Matheson, I'm taking Pedersen a hundred times out of a hundred and I'm not looking back. And just, you know, and Marcus is just that steady defensive presence that you need on the team. Sure, he is overpaid, but I mean, him and Marino work so well together that I don't really think it matters that much. I mean, even defensively, if we go back to last year, I'm looking at the uh, the defense here. So um, the Penguins 5-5 defense with Marino on the ice, 2.31 um, minus 5%. And then without Marino on the ice, the expected goals against was 2.37. Now, if we go back the previous season in 2020 with Marino on the ice, um, let me just do this for a sec, uh, 2.37. 0-0, minus 20%. Again, no red in the defensive zone. And this is just him on the ice, not with Pedersen. And then this past season, as I just said, 2.3 run, a whole swab of red right in the front of the net. Where do you all think that is from? You guessed it, everyone. It's probably a lot has to do with him playing a ton of minutes with Mike Matheson, which it was not working. The underlying numbers were telling everyone it was not working. I think their expected goals percentage was well below 50%. Their scoring chances for percentage was below 50%. Their defensive numbers were awful. And, and I think Sullivan finally realized that because, again, over halfway through the season, um, he put Pedersen back with Muno, and you can put that pairing out there 13 to 15 minutes a night as your shutdown uh, sh- shot suppression pairing, and they'll do the job for you easily. And then you, they put Matheson and CeCe together, which worked wonders because CeCe, good in the defensive zone, especially with that contract, and then Matheson can do his thing in the, on the offensive zone, and he wasn't getting burned as much as well as not getting um, a lot of time on ice either. So I really do think that this is the biggest way that you will see John Marino back to his normal self next season. And obviously the Penguins better hope that he is back to his usual self because the Penguins have committed a lot of years and a lot of money towards him for this next contract. I mean, remember everyone, Jim Rutherford signed him to that massive six-year term when he was still uh, in his young 20s to that $4.4 million cap it. And, you know, and if a defenseman is not living up to that, you know, that's a prime player that could be moved out. I'm not saying that the Penguins should move on from John Marino. I'm saying quite the opposite. I want him here long-term because he truly was sensational in his rookie season. And I think if he's deployed properly and with the right partner and with potentially the second line with Evgeny Malkin or the third line with Jeff Carter, uh, I think it will do wonders for him next season. I think you will see Marino back to his usual self. I'm going to put that as an early off-season prediction for you all right now. I think John Marino will be back to that rookie year that, you know, he was he was in consideration for being a Calder Trophy finalist before um, I think he broke his cheekbone towards the end of the regular season. But coming up in the next segment, we are going to have a discussion about Jeff Carter, plus some updates on the Olympics talk. But before we do get to that, it's time to talk about Built Bar. They have many delicious flavors. There is something for everyone when you talk to a Built Bar fan. They're definitely passionate about their favorites. If you don't know the flavors well, you are missing out with orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate, strawberry, salted caramel, double chocolate, etc. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Uh, most of them have 17 to 18 grams of protein and are all healthy. Calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, and again, 
all healthy. You can go to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off that order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So yes, it is finally time that we do have an honest discussion um, about Jeff Carter. So um, when Carter was on the ice last season, the Penguins 5-5 offense with him there, 188 minutes. Um, the Penguins expected goals for per 60 was 2.46 plus 1%. A lot of red towards the point areas, some in the slot, a lot in front of the net, but a whole bunch of blue towards the left side of the net and then right in the middle between the dots. Um, now, if you go back, oh, I, I don't even think I can go back now, obviously, because it was his only season there, but now defensively, um, 188 minutes with Carter on the ice, the Penguins expected goals against per 62.07 minus 15%. Again, a very small sample size, but I mean, there's a whole swab of blue right in the front of the net towards um, the right face-off dot area. There's a little bit of red towards the left uh, face-off dot area, but that, those are still really good numbers. But I think the biggest thing was, you know, his counting stats were really high despite some of his underlying numbers not being as good. And, you know, the biggest reason for that obviously was that he finished his chances unlike he did while being in Los Angeles. I know that has a lot to do with playing with different line mates and better line mates, I should. I mean, you're not playing with Alex Iafalo and a couple other weird Kings players that he spent his most time with last season. He got to have a lot of playing time with Jared McCann, Jason Zucker, etc. You know, and he made the most of it by having 13 goals and 16 points in 20 games. But I really think we need to pump the brakes on Jeff Carter being that same player that we saw from last season. I mean, he is in his late 30s now. I know Penguins Jesus, you know, shout out to him for all these amazing uh, tweets that he puts out with Carter talking to the media. Obviously, it's it's, it's fake, but uh, I just I wish they were real because they sound so frequent, especially when he was talking about Barry Trotz. Um, please go follow him if you're not already um, on Twitter because he does a fantastic job with a lot of his tweets, especially, again, when it comes to Carter. But I think the most realistic expectations for him next season, I mean, I think 40 points in 82 games is probably the most you'll get. I do not think he's a 50-55 to point player. I think if you are one of the people who is expecting him to be a 50-55 to point player next season, you are going to be pretty damn disappointed. I mean, he's not going to be playing... Um, with Jake Gensel or Brian Russ. I mean, sure, he's probably going to get top six minutes to start, so that will help him, but will he make the most of that as he did after coming to Pittsburgh and playing in the top nine? Um, I, I really don't think so. You know, the biggest reason uh, he had those counting stats was that he had better matchups. Now that he'll be moved up the lineup, uh, it's going to be a bit different as he'll be facing tougher competition, especially um, in terms of defensive pairs on a nightly basis. And they'll want to take away um, him as much as possible, excuse me, because he just he burned basically everyone through uh, last season. I know he was also so good in the playoffs, but I think realistically, counting stats-wise, you're looking at 20 goals, 20 assists for Carter next season. I don't even know if it's going to be that high. Uh, that might just be... A little bit of wishful thinking on my end, but 
Uh, I just I really wanted to make this known to everyone. And while uh, his first season here was awesome, and that I'm really excited for him to play in Pittsburgh again next season, um, he's not going to be a near a point per game player next season. If he is, again, you know, I'll eat all the crow in the world, but I just don't see that happening right now. I think to start the season, you'll probably see him play with Zucker and Kapanen. I think if they're going to go Gensel, Crosby, Rust, Zucker, Carter, Kapanen, and whatever they want to do in the bottom six with Heinen. Aston Reese, Bluger, McGinn, Rodriguez, Simone, etc. I think that's the line that you will see Carter start with. And again, counting stats wise, everyone, I think 20 goals is the most you will get out of him next season. I don't think he's going to push for 25 to 30. Underlying numbers, hopefully, they will match that production. But I guess we'll just have to see. Obviously, you'll put him on the top, the second power play, not the top power play. Somehow, I don't think that's going to happen. I think you'll, they'll put him on the second power play. He'll get some of his production there. Won't be half of it, but I would say maybe 10 of those 40 points or maybe 15 of those points will come from the power play. And then I'm sure if they want to, they can just put him on the PK as well, though, um, in a very limited sample size last season, 19 minutes. Uh, the expected goals against was 8.71, plus 27% uh, for the Penguins PK with him on the ice. So they may not want to do that because the Penguins PK without Carter on there, 6.52 expected goals against per 60, minus 5% in parentheses. So uh, that is um, a lot better, uh, that's for sure. And then in terms of power play offense with Carter on the ice, only 18 minutes on there, 3.55 expected goals for minus 48%. Um, very small sample sizes. Again, I'm sure they'll probably want to give him a little more power play time um, with Evgeny Malkin being out for a bunch of next season. We still do not know how long he will be out for, but you know, as each passing day goes um, and there's no news out about it, I just I don't think that there's going to be a lot of good news about it until we actually see him uh, start skating again. But that'll do it for this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I appreciate all of you listening to this one. We'll have another one of these either tomorrow or Thursday and then uh, to wrap up uh, sometime on Friday of this week. I am in the process of booking some other big-time guests. I'm not allowed to speak um, about them at some point, but uh, I am in the process of doing that. Hopefully that will be coming within the next um, week or two or something like that. So I just wanted to fill you all in with that. Also look for the top 50 player poll for the Locked On NHL hosts. Um, after a bit of mangling some of the people, Evgeny Malkin did make the top 50 poll, but I'm not going to say where he was put yet until I release my video about it, which will go on the Locked On Penguins Twitter account. So um, that will do it for this one. Hope you all have a great rest of your day, and we'll do another one of these either tomorrow or on Thursday.